0: You know, the only people who claim that the Bible isn't relevant to their lives are the people who haven't read it. That's right. There is no book ever written that is more relevant to our world today than the Bible. It gets right down to the pressing and vital issues affecting all of mankind for all ages. And it's very practical. God presents us with the simple facts of our sin and our ruin outside of Christ and usually, almost in the same breath, speaks of the remedy that he has provided and that we desperately need. In today's broadcast, evangelist Mr. Gaius Goff looks at the three distinct responses that people give to God's great message of love. He speaks about the great gospel feast to which we are all given an invitation, but it is quite often refused for one reason or another. There are also warnings in the Bible that are basically neglected by many people. And of course, there's a wonderful Savior given who is, to be honest, actually despised by sinners. Like ourselves. So, our question for you today is this What will your response be to the message of the Bible?
1: I'm going to read to you tonight in three different places. The first is in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, and I would like to speak to you about response. A number of years ago, down in Washington State on a Sunday, Mount St. Helens erupted and a cubic mile of earth went into the air and was disrupted and moved down the rivers. And actually before it was finished, some of that went all the way around the world in some of the jet streams. The only time that, as I know from what I've read, I could be different, but the only time that I know that really a cubic mile of dirt has been moved in a by men took place up in Fort St. John, British Columbia and they made an earthen dam up there and it took them 12 years to do what God did in about 12 seconds and uh, at that time there was a number of people living in the slopes of Mount St Helens and a lot of people had their summer cottages there they go there for weekends and for a number of weeks and even a couple of months there were small earthquakes and they were gradually increasing down there and so People were given warnings to stay away from the mountain. But not everybody pays attention. And some people said, hey, that's where I live. What do you mean? Keep me out of my house? They had roadblocks up and everything. And sure enough, on Sunday morning, when a lot of people were on their way to church. Boom, she goes. Quite a large number of people died on that mountain. I noticed on the Time magazine when it came out, there is a picture of a deputy sheriff who was standing on the end of one of those roads and he had, uh, he had a lot of that ash dust on his face like soot. And you could see that he'd been crying, a deputy sheriff. The phrase on there was, we tried to warn the people, but they wouldn't listen. Now that's kind of what we do. We have had a time in our lives when we have personally, personally come to know our sins forgiven by faith in Jesus Christ. We didn't pay anybody for it. We haven't earned it in any way. We didn't even pray it through. But we came to understand that God has made for us a provision that we can be forgiven now in our lifetime and live in the enjoyment of forgiveness so that we can put our head on the pillow at night and say, good night, Father. See you in the morning. And we rest in peace. Because our sins are forgiven. And I'm going to read to you how some other people responded to the kind of invitation that we've experienced. Notice here in Luke 14 and verse 16, And he said unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all, with one consent, began to make excuse. There was a real estate agent there and a man who had a transportation business. And then there was a man who just got married. Those are three illustrations that he gave of three people who got an invitation, but they refused it. An invitation was given, but refused. Turn over a few pages to the right in your Bible, to the book of Acts, please, chapter 24. So in the first reading, we have an invitation that was given but refused. Now I'm going to read at verse 24 of Acts 24. And after certain days, this has to do with a man who was a governor, and after certain days when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned with him of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. So the response of the first ones that we read about received the invitation but refused it. The second one that we read about is a man who was given a warning, but he just neglected it. Now read with me back in the middle of the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah chapter 53 i want to read to you from verse 1 who hath believed our report and to whom is the arm of the lord revealed for he shall go up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground he hath no form nor comeliness and when we shall see him there's no beauty that we should desire him he is despised and rejected of men We have turned everyone to his own way, but the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. So we read of an invitation given, but refused. We read of a warning given, but neglected, and of a Savior given, but despised. What do you think of the invitation that God gives to the world today? You know, I've been around the world long enough and to enough places that I know that civilization as we know it is really is in trouble. Because we've lost our moral standards, most people don't have a real compass now that they live by in their lives. Many people won't even accept the fact that there is a fundamental truth. I've had them say to me, why you have your truth and I have my truth and anybody can have their truth. As long as you believe something, everything's all right. And so the standards are removed. And some people will say that even when it comes to faith. They said, well... Everybody has a different faith. We believe in different things. And some people have said to me, look, I only believe in myself. Well, that means that you are only as strong as your weakest point. So we have to face some things here. And what we do in a gospel series like this is to try and get people in the course of their life, on this map of your life that I have behind me here, to come to a place where you call a stop. In the Bible, it's called repentance. It's a big word. It simply means stop and face yourself and turn 180 degrees and face God. And so that's what the invitation is all about that we read in the first reading. This is a work of God. He has provided for human beings a whole banquet of wonderful, wonderful things that we need. And one of those that stands out in my mind, as I've already mentioned, is to have your sins forgiven. And on God's great banquet table, there is forgiveness of the sins of this person and you as well, if you will accept that forgiveness. Forgiveness from the sins of the past and the present and even the ones that are ahead of me. God knew who I was long before I was born. And to meet my need, the Bible tells me that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. And I love that phrase that's in the book of Galatians chapter 2 and 20. It tells me that the Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. And so 60 years ago, this past February... I came to a place where in the back room of a a veterans building down in the state of Oregon, I called a halt in my life. I had buddies and we were sitting together. But at the conclusion of a gathering like this, I said to them, guys, you can go your own way. I've got to settle this thing with God. Now that's not always easy to call a stop because we like to think that everything's going to get better in the future. But on God's table where He says, Come, for all things are now ready, He gives us not only forgiveness of sins, but He gives us a settlement between us and God. The Bible says He made peace through the blood of His cross. And so God can accept me. and I can be reconciled, or that big word simply means brought back to Him, because I'm the one that strayed, but I can be brought to God because Christ on the cross When he suffered for our sins, he took the place of Gaius Goff and died. He was the just one, for me the unjust, so that he could take me to God. And here's what God says, not a complicated thing at all. Come, for all things are now ready. God has provided this great blessing, this great banquet feast, this great table where there's forgiveness of sins and peace with God, and a home with Him, and a meaning in your life now, and meaningful activity in the future beyond death, and hope for the eternal future. It's all on that table. Come, for all things are now ready. You know, there's really no excuse that could be acceptable. A man told me he was coming to meetings like this where we were preaching, and he's a busy man. And he came night after night, but. After the first week, he said, Yes, he said, I, I just can't keep it up. He said, I'm sorry. I, I guess I won't be able to come to the gospel meetings anymore. And calling them by name, I said, I, I'm really sorry to hear that. Because I said, you know what that means? We have to weigh up what's important. I said, you're making a bundle of money. And that to you seems like really important. But I said, supposing now, 50 years from now, well, he said, I guess I'll have to cross that bridge when I get to it. And we concluded the meetings, and I went home. But in less than a month, he was gone. And when I heard that, I remembered, you know, really, I, I'm just too busy. He was too busy for God. God gave him an invitation. But he was just too busy for God. He had his priority in the wrong spot. He thought success in life could be measured and eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. He thought it could be measured in dollars and cents, and a sense of satisfaction that a businessman would get. He had an invitation, but he refused it. So in God's name, I'm giving you this invitation. Jesus said, you come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's on his table, rest forever. And Jesus also said, the person that will come to me, I will never cast them out. Now that's pretty safe. When it comes from the lips of God, man, you can count on it. So the invitation goes to you here tonight. Come, come. And it comes right from God himself through a couple of clay lips here. But I'm speaking to you from my heart in God's name. Would you come? And understand what Christ did for you when on the cross of Calvary He voluntarily gave His life as a substitute for you so that He would pay for your sins with His holy, sinless person. That's what Jesus did. And God is satisfied to look on the Lord Jesus Christ and pardon you the same as He pardoned me. We read also that there's a warning given. Now, you'll notice on this map, it's not all this part on this side of the death pillar is present. This is our present. On that side of the death pillar is the future. What happens when a person dies? I mean, I'm living inside of this, and I've mentioned it before, but I'm looking at, the real me is inside of here looking out at you and speaking to you through this door. But the real person is not the body parts. I read one time way back, the Mayo Clinic figured that a human body might be worth close to $20 in actual dollars and cents. There's enough uh, iron in us to make a 16-penny nail, or that would be a three and a half inch nail. There's enough um, fat... Well, when it comes to fat, there's some of us... (laughs) I could make probably 75 or 80 bars. But... (laughs) But there's also enough potassium in us to shoot off a toy cannon, make a fire, little firecracker. There's a bunch of stuff in us. And you put it all together and add it all up, and we're worth about 20 bucks, our our bodies. But God doesn't look at you like that. He looks at you and He says, what would it profit you if you gained the whole world and lose your own soul? He figures you're worth more than this whole wide world. There's a lot of gold you're worth more than the gold. And there's a lot of silver. And I don't know all the different gems and things that they have. I understand way up here in the northern part of Canada now they're finding diamonds. So what do you do with a diamond? you say, cut up pavement. Well, or look at it. You know, the ones that people put on their fingers are good to look at, but most of them are probably cutting up pavement on the streets or whatever they do with diamonds. But really... What we have is not worth very much, except you are. And the reason why you are is because when you began your existence, you began a journey that is never, 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 ever going to end. And it will either be in everlasting happiness in heaven or everlasting misery in hell and ultimately the lake of fire. You are not done when you die. What you do is leave your body temporarily until the day of resurrection. But every one of us will exist forever. And that's what this little preacher named Paul stood before the governor and said. I mean, you'd think that the man in chains is the one who is feeling bad. But I can see that little prisoner down there and the governor and his wife is sitting here and he's listening to him, And he's reasoning with him of righteousness. That would mean, you know, Governor, sir, with all due respect, you are an ungodly man. You're not living right. The things you think about are wrong. The things you are doing are wrong. He reasoned with him of righteousness. There is an honor. A lot of times people, for a little bit of money, will overlook the restraints of the law. And some people, if they get enough, Isn't it interesting how it seems like down in the United States where I live, a lot of people get away with murder. And I can't really figure it out. Except for one thing. They got a lot of money. And somehow or another, they get around the law. Not everybody. But this governor had an honest preacher in front of him looking him right in the eye. Look here. The way you are living is wrong. And then he reasoned with him of temperance. Not just who you are, but what you're doing is wrong. And then he told him about judgment to come. Now, this is probably where some of you are going to say, well, I don't believe in life after death. Why not? What's wrong with life after death? Why wouldn't you believe in life after death? I've heard people say, well, nobody come back to tell us. And so, is that right? I know somebody who came back from death to tell us. And he's the one who said, where I am... To those who wouldn't believe on him, he said, you can't come. But he said to those that believe on him, where I go, I'm going to come and take you with me. He came back from the dead. His name is Jesus. I believe that the man who died on a cross just outside of Jerusalem, bearing my sins in his body, and suffered for them that he might bring me to God, and died deliberately dismissed his spirit, and was buried. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is alive. I have no question in my mind, and it's not just because I think it, but there were hundreds of witnesses who saw him after he rose from the dead. And he told them, look, take a look at the nail marks in my hand. Put your hand into the spear wound of my side, and don't be faithless, but believe. So a lot of times people will discuss the gospel, but as long as it doesn't touch their own lies, It's hard on people who roll sin as a sweet morsel under their lip. And they might go to a bed of adultery and rise from that later, later on and wipe their lips and say, I haven't done anything that other people don't do. Or they cheat the government on their income tax or take unemployment when they don't deserve it or all the other things that people do thinking everything's all right and God condemns it. We have to face up to a law. God is not a crooked judge. And this preacher gave the judge the warning. That's a pretty courageous little man. The Bible becomes effective to you. The moment you call the halt and say, all right, I want to hear and know again what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross. Well, I want to tell you about the Savior who was despised. God didn't look for some religious leader in the world. And He didn't look for an angel. He looked for His Son. But in heaven one day, the Father turns to the Son It's time to go. And into this world came Jesus, full of grace and truth and love and mercy. And He came to bring you and me to God and to bear our sins as we read, to be wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our sins. The punishment that should have been on us, He came to take on Himself so that you and I could be healed and free forever from the guilt of our sin. And he showed it to you. Now please, don't despise it.
0: Yes, a Savior given, freely and without reserve for you, my friend, and for me. We've all sinned, the Bible says, and sin cannot enter into God's heaven. We need our sins removed. But that involves heeding God's invitation, not neglecting God's warnings, and receiving the one who paid for sins on the cross of Calvary. My friend, what will your response be today? If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchorpoint is sponsored by believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday, as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. My name is John Sharp.